what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 10,000 podcast where we want to put God into your 10,000 minutes so that your faith doesn't just stay on a Sunday morning, but actually infiltrates and is involved with the rest of your week, your day-to-day life. We're so glad you joined us. My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our student ministries pastor here at Stapleton Church. And right in front of me, in your other ear, is Matt Wolf, our lead pastor. How's it going today, Matt? I'm doing well. It's so good to uh, have you guys listening with us. We are going to have a good day, a good podcast, I think. Yeah, definitely. A very interesting topic today, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today we're, we're talking about spiritual gifts. So in your um, sermon on Sunday, you really dived into how we can all be empowered together. And as the body yeah. of Christ, we need every single person. We don't want to be that floating hand out there or random liver. No, we need the whole body of Christ. That's right. And it's so important to think that because so often we think even our spiritual gifts as an individual thing, and yet clearly the spiritual gifts are meant for each other. They're supposed to be meant used in community, and every spiritual gift is saying, hey, you have a part of the whole. That's right. Yep. you got to use them together, and you got to use them to build up the body of Christ. Right, and that's what we talked about. I mean, it was just really scratching the surface. Oh, yeah. That was pretty quick. <laughs> I went through this list of, I think it was some like 18 different spiritual Something gifts. Something like that. Yeah. I kind of summarized, and like I even said, that might not be exhaustive. <laughs> like there may be other spiritual gifts, but yeah. these are kind of 18 that are mentioned in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Boom. Wham, 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 wham. I went through each one of those yeah. trying to go real quick about what they were so people are like, oh, I might have that. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that by now you've heard that message. Then you have either taken a spiritual gifts test or you have already taken one that helps clarify what your spiritual gifts are. If you haven't listened to the message yet, yeah. you can change over podcast apps, <laughs> search Stapleton Church, and you can click that first podcast. The message is all up there for you to listen to, yeah, and, and then come back and listen to this one. Right. Yes. Yeah, stop right now. Yeah. Listen to the message, Power Up, Power Up, <laughs> and then come back and listen to this one, because we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some of those spiritual gifts. Yeah. And maybe I can just ask you, I know this conversation I've been having a bunch this week is, well, what are your spiritual gifts? So what, what are your... Sawyer? Yeah, so we, um, I, I've taken spiritual gifts tests a couple times, but at the beginning of kind of this school year, we had a bit of a staff retreat where we did a bunch of personality tests, yep. all that sort of stuff, including a spiritual gifts test. And my top three were um, encouragement, leadership, and shepherding, I okay. think. Shepherding or teaching, one of those two. I think it was three and four. I'm yeah. not sure but which, but yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, and do you find that that is actually, you, you would agree with that test? Yes, yes. Um, I think 
Um, when I've taken the test previously, it's always kind of been those couple of gifts. Um, they sometimes switch around orders. So um, I, I guess I've become more encouraging, which is good. But um, yeah, I would say that definitely resonates with um, what people have told me my mm-hmm. giftings are and kind of I see those kind of flowing out of what I do and, and what I'm good at. So definitely. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've had people affirm that. And say, yes. Oh, yeah. You definitely have that gift. <laughs> right. And that's an interesting thing because you may take a spiritual gifts test online mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm not sure about that. Someone may say, oh, yeah, you definitely have that. Right. Or they'll be like, mm, yeah, you're right. You don't have it. Yeah. That's a great way because it, it's we're often put up blinders about ourselves, whether good things or bad things. Right. And so when we ask somebody else to give like an honest impression, like it, it does this describe me. Yep. They're going to be like, yep, or no way. <laughs> right. And that's why those tests aren't perfect. Right. In fact, you know, I, I've taken it a bunch of different times mm-hmm. over the years, different types of tests. Yeah. And recently it's been saying that I have the gift of administration. Well, you were You heard that little me. chuckle. So, yeah. Uh, so it works with me and he's sitting here at my desk and you know I don't have the gift of administration. Yeah. This is not the desk. It's a very full desk, folks. Yes. Yeah. You, you can just imagine papers and stacks of books <laughs> and little sticky notes that I've written notes to myself. Not the most organized, coordinated thing in the world. And I think it's because in my role here as the lead pastor of Stable mm-hmm. Church, it's quite a bit bigger church than I had when I was pastoring a church in Nebraska. Right. And I've had to do more administration. You've been forced to. So I've been doing those tasks, and I can do them okay, proficiently, like get most of them done fine. I don't know, maybe (laughs) you can be honest with them, Sawyer, when I'm not around. But um, I've done, but I've had to do it, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily my gifting. Right. And I wouldn't say that you necessarily enjoy doing those things. No, and that can be another thing that helps you. Now. I don't think that's the best determining mm-hmm. no. element, but do you find joy in doing things, working in this area? Right. Like, if you're like, oh, it says I have the gift of teaching, but I cannot stand teaching people. Mm-hmm. Like, why won't they get it? <laughs> Come on, people. Listen up. Like, well, maybe you don't have the gift of teaching. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the gift of yelling, um, <laughs> which I don't know if that's in anybody's list. Yeah, but I don't think I don't like yelling is a spiritual gift. But the joy can be a helpful thing. The passion that you have for it can yeah. be a helpful thing. Um, but like I shared on Sunday, you may have a gift, but the wrong area. Mm-hmm. So you could have the gift of teaching, but you're not gifted in the area of teaching kids right. or teenagers. You might want to teach adults. And you might like teaching adult, adults with a large group, or you might like teaching a small one on one or One-on-one, yeah. So you need to find not only the gift. That's just one of the elements in right. figuring out where God is calling you. Yeah, you also got to figure out the best place for you to use that in the yeah. church or otherwise. Um, uh, one of the other aspects I talked about, and I, th- I think I missed it in the second service. We do three services now, so every <laughs> once in a while. So if you're listening to second service, people, I'm sorry. But I didn't bring up one verse in 2 Timothy 1, 6, mm. and I believe it's in our community group questions as well. But it's this idea so. that we're supposed to take the spiritual gift that God has given us and fan it into flame. Yeah. Fan it into flame. So blow on that little ember. Have you ever made a fire? Yeah. Yeah. I love making a fire. I have a little <laughs> flint and steel. And it's like if if I have the time, mm-hmm. I'd love to sit down and make a campfire with flint and steel. Oh, yeah. Get the you know, kindling in there and then blow on it mm-hmm. just enough. You don't want to blow too hard and mm-hmm. blow it out. You know, do all that and build up that to a huge fire that you right. can cook some mallows on there, right? There you go. Get some s'mores. <laughs> so in the same way, we need to take our spiritual gifts and blow on them 
build them up, make them bigger. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I believe that I've done that with the gift of evangelism. Mm. Now, years ago, the very first time I took the test, said I, that was one of my lowest gifts. Yeah. Or not lowest, but lower on the mm-hmm. list. And I thought, and I had somebody even tell me that knew me very well, and was yeah. like, "Oh, Matt, you have the gift of evangelism." I said, "No, I don't." <laughs> no, I've no. led one at that point. I had led one person to Christ, yeah. and they fell away from the faith and are now an atheist. Mm. At that point, that had already happened, and I was like, "No way, I'm not. I don't have the gift of evangelism. Right. I want people to come to faith, mm-hmm. but I don't have that gift." Yeah. So I just kind of wrote it off. Well, every time I've taken the spiritual gifts. T- test since then evangelism has gone up and up and up and creeped score. up yeah and i don't know if it's because i've been fanning it into flame well, mm-hmm. I, I hope so yeah. or I've, I've had more of a passion for it but i do believe now it's probably one of my spiritual gifts mm. that i didn't know or at least i just had a bad experience right so if you're here and you say hey so i have the gift of shepherding but man the first time i tried to lead a small group it failed miserably mm-hmm. nobody showed up I'm definitely not a small group leader. I definitely don't have right. a faith for Maybe you just had one bad experience. Yeah. Don't be discouraged. Try try again. That's right. Try again. Try again. Well, what were your other ones? You said admin's kind of in there, evangelism. Oh, I, so I don't think admin. Oh, you don't think admin. No, no, okay. I wouldn't put in But I'd say teaching is yeah. one of my primary ones. Shepherding mm-hmm. and evangelism. Nice. I've often gotten wisdom as okay. well. And I don't know if that's a learned thing or a gift. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people will say to me, Matt, you you have you know the gift of wisdom. You're wise beyond your years, <laughs> um, and it could be because I was a pastor at 24. You know, yeah, that would do it. Okay, <laughs> I, I had to do it, but I'm sure there's a lot of foolish pastors that were 24. And I think I was probably was too. I think most people are foolish at 24. One helpful thing, <laughs> and this is great if yeah if you're married, is you also get the spiritual gifts of your spouse. Mm-hmm. Because my wife has the gift of discernment. Yeah. Which helps with that wisdom aspect, especially when it comes to individuals. Yeah. So I would say, hey, I met this new person. I'm so excited. They seem like they're going to be great. My wife's like, mm. <laughs> keep that person at arm's length. Yeah. And then I'll say, okay, I'll do that. And mm-hmm. I do that, and I've avoided some, I think, massive problems. Mm, that's good. Because I've relied on her spiritual gifts. That's so good. maybe people say I have a wisdom but it's not really mine. <laughs> it could quite possibly be true. There you go. And I'm happy to say it's for my better half. <laughs> Good job, Melissa. Shout out yes, to you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are some of our spiritual gifts. So I hope that other people will try to investigate this and then yeah. take that spiritual gift, fan it in flame, work on it, because that's where you're going to be the strongest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a new person in our church, works for Smuckers, has a whole bunch of sales team mm-hmm. we were talking about coaching individuals on your team mm-hmm. and he said matt focus on strengths focus on strengths have you heard that idea yeah. sawyer yeah uh, is is don't bolster your weaknesses build up your strengths right it's just surround yourself with different people with different strengths yep. yeah yeah don't build up your weakness find somebody who has the strength yep. that is your weakness yeah balance each other out so what your biggest contribution to the body of christ our church to the kingdom of god itself mm-hmm. is going yep. to be you implementing your spiritual gift and getting better at it there you go yeah, I mean, that's bottom line. <laughs> if you forget everything else we said, do that. Take your one spiritual gift and make it incredible. Yep. And use it. Use it to serve the church. Because we can't do it alone. We can't. We need each other. Yeah, absolutely. So I went through that list of those 18 mm-hmm. different spiritual gifts. Yes. And there's a few of them that are kind of controversial. Yes, definitely. Kind of controversial. What do you think about them, Sawyer? Well, I think we should lay them out just in case people aren't on the same page. But I think there's a lot yeah, of, you know. Shepherding sometimes can be controversial, too, and I, <laughs> I realize that. 
But yes, yes. those aren't the ones. That's no, I, I, I think often like you know we, we, they're classified as like supernatural gifts. But as you said in your sermon, like they're all supernatural. They're all from yep. God. But these may be more so. Like we have leadership in the secular world, but sure. we don't necessarily have tongues. Speaking in tongues. Well, some people yeah, maybe. Yeah, depends but, on where you work. Yeah, it depends on where you work, maybe. Or prophecy or miracles. Mm, but kind yeah. of those things that are even more um, supernatural, more of God. Um, and, and, yeah, there's controversy there of, of, you know, how they're supposed to function in the church. In fact, some people even believe that those sorts of giftings have, have ended. Yep. It's called cessationism. So I, I, that kind of brought up, I had a couple conversations after church of people maybe asking those questions or have heard that. And mm-hmm. So I think we should take the opportunity to talk about it, dive a little deeper on it. Yeah, and yeah, if you've heard this, the word cessation just means cease. Yep. The gifts have ceased, so the position is cessationism. There mm-hmm. you know, you learned a fancy theological term. There you go. The people who believe that they have continued are continuationists. <laughs> Right, really creative in the naming. Yeah. yeah, sometimes they're called charismatics. Yeah, um, I, I, who cares what kind of term you That's use? That's right. But we're talking about: do all those gifts still exist today, mm-hmm. and are they used today? And there's variations of what you could believe on right. this subject. Right. Um, but it is is controversial. Mm-hmm. And honestly, our church doesn't take a position on this. Correct. We have people within our church who believe that they have ceased. Others who are practicing those yeah. gifts yeah. because they say that it has continued and I'm using it. So we, we say, hey, we're open to everyone. We want to have some freedom here in Christ. Right. But let's talk about that idea of cessation because mm-hmm. you and I, I think, are both continuationists. I am. I will. I will. Continuous. Whatever <laughs> you want to say. I, we do not believe that the gifts have ceased. Have ceased. Yeah. Correct. We both have said that. We've argued it. And that's. Maybe what we'll teach, though, we give the freedom to say, hey, you can still be a follower of Jesus right. and, and believe that they've ceased. Right. This is definitely a secondary issue. So why do you think they haven't ceased, Sawyer? Well, I, I think mainly is that, is that I have not heard a strong or seen a strong biblical argument for saying that they have. Okay. Um, and so if I were to see that or somebody were to present that to me, um, then, you know, I might question that. But I, I think if if these gifts are meant to build up the church and, and meant to support the ministry of the church and so more people can come to know Jesus, then don't we want to use all of them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Yeah. So I, I just haven't seen a convincing biblical argument to say that they, they have ceased. Yeah. And, and both of us have read on this before. Mm-hmm. So if we had someone who was a cessationist, maybe they could present this argument a little bit. You know, more powerfully than us, but yeah. If you are a cessationist, yeah. send us an email. Yeah, with the, your best argument, we'd love to see it. Yes, yeah. trapstapletonchurch.com. And we've heard them. Yeah. We've talked with people yeah. who are cessationists. We've read books by mm-hmm. people who are uh, read articles. And the argument, if I I want to do it justice, sure. Right? The argument is, if you look, those spiritual gifts of speaking in tongues that are explicitly described in the Book of Acts. Yep, Paul talks about it. The uh, healings that were occurring. I mean, Peter and John and, and Paul were healing people miraculously. Mm-hmm. So miracles were happening. Yep. Um, the he, you know the healing, the prophecy that was spoken. The argument is all that stuff was useful at the beginning of the church. Right. To lay the foundation, to right. start things off. Yep. In the first century, as those things were going, in that first generation of people who literally knew Christ, mm-hmm. they had a personal relationship, not just like you and I have a personal <laughs> relationship with Jesus. They knew him. They yep. were his friend. And or enemy in the case of Saul, <laughs> Paul, but they knew him personally. Mm-hmm. 
And then they needed those gifts in the first century in order to, for the church to be built up because now not only Jesus was doing miracles, but Peter and Paul and James were doing right, miracles. They validated like, their message. Okay, well, we should probably listen to these dudes. Yeah. Um, he just cured that person who got bit by a snake. <laughs> they should have died. Yeah. Um, so that's the argument. Mm-hmm. And I think stretching that a little bit more so that's the argument kind of from logic. Right. It was needed then, not needed now. Right, because we have the Bible. We, we have, have the Bible. The yep. scripture has been finished. Yep. Those We have no scripture. There's not a 67th book of the Bible that <laughs> could come out next right. week. The second book of Matthew by Matt Wolf. Like, that's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so scripture's finished. Why mm-hmm. would we need these gifts? It's all done. The, so that's the, the, the reason argument. Right. The experience argument is I haven't seen it. Right. I haven't experienced it. I haven't been around it. But that's an argument from silence. Those are always the weakest arguments. Right. Because I haven't seen something that means it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I haven't seen. So well, we've never explicitly seen gravity, but we know it exists. Right. I mean, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you just haven't met the right person, or maybe you're just too skeptical. Right. I mean, you, there's a healthy skepticism, and then mm-hmm. there's too much skepticism. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so you got to have the right amount. Yeah. Maybe you're just too skeptical. Yeah. Or so that's the argument from experience, and then there's a third argument from the scriptures themselves. Yeah. And this, you and I think, is the weakest, mm-hmm. which is why neither one of us are uh, cessationists. <laughs> but I've heard it argued, especially from First Corinthians chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in chapter thirteen. 13 yeah. Where Paul is this beautiful love passage that you read. Maybe you read it at your uh, wedding. You know, maybe someone read that as the scripture. We didn't because it's about spiritual gifts. I, there you go. <laughs> yeah, your wife's like, I want to use it. Sorry. No, she didn't. She, okay. she was, we had already talked about it. Yeah. So if you had in your wedding, that's okay. You're actually talking about spiritual gifts in the church, which, you know, yeah. not a bad but thing to talk about in your wedding. For but. those of you who don't know, it's love is patient, love is yeah. kind. Yeah, it does not envy. It does not boast. Beautiful passage. Yeah. I, I'm fine with people using it at their wedding. It's about love, right? Even though they're taking it out of context and applying it somewhere else. Hey, love's love. But at the end of it, it says, but where there are prophecies in verse 8, they mm-hmm. will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Okay, well, that sounds like tongues will cease. Mm-hmm. And prophecies will cease. Tongues will be stilled. Literally, it says those things will be done. So there is a time when those miraculous gifts right. cease. The, the question is, is when is that time? Exactly. Yeah. Because the very next verse says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. So the word completeness in the Greek there is teleos. I know we're getting into some details here. <laughs> but that word teleos means the end point. Yep. Things are completed. Now, um, some people think, well, that's when Scripture was completed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, and here's why. Because two verses later, in verse 12, it says, For now we only see a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Because it's that same word, know. So it says, knowledge will pass away. And then it says, then we shall know fully. And I can tell you this. I long for the day when I will see Christ face to face. Mm Mm-hmm. And have a full knowledge of God. Right. But it's not today, even though I have the completion of the scriptures. Correct. So you are assuming that that word teleos, completeness, means the scriptures written, everything's good to go. Yeah, and I, I can't think of another instance of that word where completeness is used to talk about the end, the completing of the Bible. 
I, I think you're correct. Yeah. In, in fact, in James, that word is used often, right. and it's almost always referring to full maturity mm-hmm. or the fullness as the kingdom of heaven has right. come, that we have entered into paradise and been glorified right. into our final state. So that's saying, hey, probably completeness hasn't come because yeah. I don't know fully. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe someone who's making the cessationist argument would say, hey, I know everything. But maybe they have some other problems. Cool, there. let's hang out. I want to know stuff. Because I will freely admit, no, I don't. <laughs> I do not know everything. Completeness has not come. And therefore, I find that that's a pretty weak argument. I think yeah. it's misinterpreting that passage. Mm-hmm. So therefore, that we have no biblical reason to say that tongues, prophecy, miracles, healing have ceased. Right. Now, they might not be common. Correct. They might be rare. Yeah. You might not have them or know someone who has those mm-hmm. gifts. That doesn't mean they don't exist. Right. Right. Um, so that's another point. In fact, at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, talking about tongues, actually all the gifts, it says, are all prophets, are all apostles, are all teachers. Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Right. Implying that, of course not, Mm-mm. some people don't have every gift. Yes. And this goes against another theological persuasion, which is the opposite sometimes of the cessationists who right. say, you have to speak in tongues if you want to be a full believer. Right, that salvation in and of itself doesn't really mean that you follow God and that you're saved, but you need this extra evidence. Yeah. To say, you got to speak in tongues, you have to perform a miracle, whatever that looks like. I was in a really great church um, in college, and I loved it, and I talked with the pastor because I was, knew at that time I wanted to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, what does it look like in this denomination to be a pastor? And he said, well, Matt, here's this, 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 this. You'd be great. Uh, have you ever spoken in tongues? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I have never spoken in tongues. Um, I'm open to it. I said, I believe that they exist. I, I, I'm open to it, but I just never have. And right. he's like, mm, well, then you can't become a pastor. Mm. In our denomination, in order to be ordained, you have to have spoken in tongues. Wow. And I was like, well door closed in my face and I asked him I said well do you speak in tongues he said well no I said well how did you get ordained he's like well I went to church camp when I was a kid and I spoke in tongues one time when they coached us too Uh, okay so I do believe that there is a gift of tongues I've been in the presence of people I've had people pray for me when they speak in tongues I've Mm -hmm. been in groups of people so I do believe it's a real spiritual gift. Yeah. Um, so I'm not trying to doubt that this pastor actually had spoken yeah, who knows? Yeah. he did when he was a teenager. But I just knew I didn't have that gift, mm-hmm. and I still wanted, felt called by God to be a pastor. I thought, <laughs> I thought to be a pastor, don't you need the gift of shepherding? Right. Preferably, mm-hmm. <laughs> or teaching at yeah. least. So um, I, I, I think we could say pretty incontrovertibly, you don't need to have the gift of tongues. I think First Corinthians 12 mm-hmm. points it out you don't have these miraculous gifts it's okay yeah if you've never seen these gifts played out it's okay mm-hmm. i mean hopefully you will yeah in fact even it says now eagerly desire the greater gifts i think we should even ask god hey god i'd like to have the gift of miracles or the gift of healing would you give that to me yeah that's fine yeah right yeah that's good probably absolutely or who knows what situation you'll be in and you just you know I mean, we all have the ability to drive out demons, as it says, to, you know, in the sure. name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know? So so now we're getting real supernatural, right? So <laughs> we're probably freaking some people out right now that are listening, right? Sawyer? Yeah. So what do you say to those people? 
I would say, you know, we worship a God that is all powerful, hmm. that is in control of all things. Yep. Um, and, and that means that God can do immeasurably more than we could even imagine. Yep. And so it, it, it's really easy to put God in this box and say, God is this, God is that, God is, you know, logical and, and God is logical, but that doesn't mean that God can't do whatever God wants to do. Sure. Yeah. He's not going to break the laws of logic, but right. he may break the laws of our mind. Right. Absolutely. Maybe our mind is too small. Our mm-hmm. God in our mind is too small. Yeah. Really. Often. Yeah. So have you ever been around people that say spoken tongues? Um, once or twice, um, okay. but it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, somebody like stopping everything and then speaking in tongues. It was just, they were privately praying themselves and started speaking in a language other than English that was, you know, kind of, I couldn't understand it. I mean, I heard it and kind of asked that person about it later and said, yep, yeah, you know, sometimes when I'm praying that happens and I just feel, re- when I feel really close to God and feel really connected, it, it just sometimes happens and it wasn't much more than that or. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And it weirds you out maybe the first time. Yeah. Um, but it can be a good thing. So one of the things that Paul says is if somebody speaks in tongue in public, mm-hmm. they should have an interpreter. Right. So I know there's people in our church that have this gift of speaking in tongues, and they use it as a private prayer language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a guy that was a retired pastor from a very charismatic denomination mm-hmm. in my last church. And he would come in sometimes to talk with me, and, and he would always kindly offer to pray for me, mm-hmm. which is such a great encouragement. Yeah. And he would say, Matt, sometimes I speak in tongues. If I do that, is that okay? <laughs> and I love that yeah. he asked that. Every time he'd say, is that okay? Even yeah. if I'd said yes the first time, he'd ask again, is that okay? And not every time he would speak in tongues, but sometimes he would. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, I, I've been in groups of people, and somebody would speak in tongues and then also interpret their get, mm-hmm. their that, what their person was saying. Um if you have this and you're listening, or maybe you've had a prayer experience and mm-hmm. it was just kind of like ecstatic, like you don't even know what happens. Right. Like something's like you feel in your heart that there's these, I mean, Paul says words that can't or can't be expressed by words, right. these feelings like what's going on. And it might freak you out. If you have it, that's okay. Yeah. It can be a really great way to connect with God in your soul. Mm-hmm. But when you're maybe in public, be a little more cautious with this. Right. Right. Yeah. Would Would there be any recommendations you'd give for that? Yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, know your context. I think. Okay. The The purpose of all the spiritual gifts is to build up the church, to edify the church, to make it more and more, you know, open to more people. Um, yes. And so, even Paul in the next chapter says, you know, if, if non-believers are in your midst and you're speaking in tongues, you may freak some people out. Yeah. And so we, we don't want any of our gifts, whether that's leadership, encouragement, shepherding, or, or tongues, or miraculous things, to do a detriment to our witness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just need to be careful with how we're using any of our gifts, maybe the supernatural ones especially. But yeah, knowing our context, knowing the environment to best um, do that, maybe that's more in a small group setting or um, by yourself, or making sure that it, it's, it's an environment where it's going to be well-received. Yep, the principle Paul gives there in First Corinthians 14, yeah. which you cited, mm-hmm. is intelligibility. Right. People need to be able to understand. It needs to be intelligible mm-hmm. to those non-Christians coming in. If they come in and they're like, I have no idea what's going on in this worship service. <laughs> yeah. If you're at a small group and it's been fine before speaking tongues and then all of a sudden you have a guest come, mm-hmm. maybe cool it that week, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. make them feel comfortable. Right. Don't weird them out. Right. Let 
let's only offend people with the gospel, right? <laughs> That's kind of one of the principles I try to live by. I, and I don't always do it. I say you know, jokes that are offensive to people on accident. <laughs> but that's one of my things I try to do is don't offend people except by the gospel. Yeah. So uh, that's one. Um, I talked about prophecy a little bit more mm-hmm. on Sunday, so I'm not going to really emphasize that right now. Right. Miracles and healing. What about those, Sawyer? Have you ever experienced those gifts? I haven't. Okay. I, I really long to because I yeah. think it would just be... I think it'd just be awesome to yeah. experience, you know, I, I've heard of miraculous things happening, but I've never been directly involved. But just to see that happening, to see God move powerfully in that way, I think would be super exciting. Sure. And this is always a tough thing. I'm more of a skeptical person when it comes to this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. There's been a few instances where I have been a part of praying for someone for healing and they were healed. Yeah. Now, the question is... Was there nothing there to begin with? Mm-hmm. In one of the cases, that may have been, okay, they found something on a scan. All of a sudden, the next scan, it's clear. Mm-hmm. Okay, was did the healing prayer work? Yeah. Um, or, so that's in one situation. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, well, maybe medicine worked. Or, or maybe this is just, like, pushing modern science. Like, it was, like, a 1% chance of survival. And right. They survived. Mm-hmm. So... It still makes sense logically. Like, okay, I don't know. Yeah. So I want to be very humble in those mm-hmm. things. You know, there's a couple that I think probably were miracles. Yeah. But if if they weren't, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna shake my <laughs> faith. I'll keep praying for miracles. Absolutely, and I, I think that's I think that's the most important thing is that that we serve a God who can heal. Yeah. Who does the miraculous? And so if you if you feel you have a tendency towards healing, absolutely. Yep. Pray until the cows come home. Pray right. for a miracle. Yep. Keep praying for it. And if if you're around, like if you know people who, who just, I feel like people that may have the gift of healing gravitate towards praying for the sick. Yeah. Visiting people in hospitals. Mm-hmm. They gravitate towards the prayer team. And maybe those miracles are happening and people don't even know. Like they're not right. attributing it to God. And the doctor's like, oh, well, that was weird. You know, <laughs> it should take 20 rounds of chemo and the cancer's gone in two. Right. You know? and it's like. Maybe that was a miracle. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that was healing. So yeah. we keep praying for those things, but let's be humble about it. Because mm-hmm. um, what happens is someone like, I have the gift of healing, and, you know, somebody will prove them wrong. Right. You know, right. Or there will be a death, or there will be cancer. Mm-hmm. And and those are sad things. But I, I'm pretty sure probably there's people listening right now that are have been praying for healing for something. Yeah. Maybe a big thing. Yeah. Keep doing it. Absolutely. Okay, keep doing it. We don't know the answer. We don't know what's going to happen. Keep mm-hmm. at asking for healing. And if there, there is healing, whether it's through medical means or a miracle, praise God for it either Absolutely. Way. Yeah. Absolutely. Because we need all the gifts in the body of Christ. Yeah. The miraculous ones, the non-miraculous <laughs> ones, the supernatural ones, mm-hmm. the... Just kind of supernatural ones. Yeah. However you want to label it, we need every single gift to build each other up. Yep. So go out there this week, take a spiritual gift test, talk to somebody about it, talk about it in your community group, and start using it. Yep. Because God that needs fire. you. Yep, light that fire. God needs you, and we need you. All right, thanks for listening. I hope that you will like us to subscribe and check back in next week for another episode of the 10,000 Podcast.